Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. So glad you tuned in today. We have a great show. My husband Noah is here. Noah, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So we decided to start a radio show to tell adoption stories. The last couple of weeks, we've been telling our story. We said yes to six babies in five years. We told the story of AJ, our first baby, who we finalized on after six months, and we brought him home from the hospital. We shared about Peter, the nine-month-old baby we tried to adopt through foster care system. The mom did relinquish her rights, signed all the paperwork, but then she changed her mind. So we were not able to adopt him. Yeah, and there are so many more details to those stories. Uh, if you'd like, you can go visit us on our website at adoption-now.com. You can also hear our podcasts at SoundHound and iTunes. So after we learned a bit about Colorado law, we decided to go to another state, and that's what we talked about last week. We were matched to a birth mom that potentially was doing heroin. She was an escort, which in her case was uh, basically a prostitute. This was her ninth baby. Um, she was very sick. We took her to the ER, and when the doctors found out she had an increta, she had an emergency C-section. So full hysterectomy. She was in the ICU. Baby Lily was born and rushed to the NICU. And there's so many details about the story. You have to listen to that other podcast because it's really amazing how we even got here. And if you're just tuning in, you're probably thinking, what have you guys gotten yourself involved with? Really, we were kind of thinking that as well. Absolutely. And when we decided that God had told us to be in it, to win it, and it didn't mean necessarily that we were going to take home the baby. It really just meant that we needed to be there for the birth parents. So there we were in the hospital morning that Lily was born and Carrie Ann, the birth mom, was taken to intensive care. Yeah. And the, the nurse comes in and says, you know, do you want to go see the baby? And I'm expecting just April and I to go. And well, first he says, you have a baby boy. Oh, right, right. And we were like, all sitting there, we were with the birth dad and all very confused. Very confused. And we thought, oh man, now we got to change the, the, the name. What are we going to do? Who? Wait, is this even the right baby? So he looks down at his paper and he's like, I mean, girl, congratulations. It's a girl. So instead of just the two of us, April and I walking in, Stephen, the birth father, also goes with us. And it was kind of funny because throughout this whole process, kind of like what April said, God had really called us to um, be part of their story, the birth parents' story. It's not just about Lily. It was an entire story. So yeah, Stephen's with us the whole time. And when we see her, she's so cute. When we saw AJ for the first time, we loved him. When we saw Peter for the first time, we knew that he needed medical care right away. I mean, before we even were excited we were rushed into this sort of situation now lily's born and she's kind of it's kind of an emergency situation there too but she just laid there so beautiful mm -hmm. i mean she was so cute right away and we didn't know if this was our baby but the feeling that you get and you know this if you've adopted any babies that feeling as an adoptive parent when you walk in and for the first time well and also biological parents when you see that baby for the first time it's Something just comes over you. It's very, very emotional. And Noah and I are like hugging each other and hugging Stephen. It's like three of us all hugging together. <laughs> and it continued to be that way. AJ at that point wasn't actually allowed into the room 
Um, and so he had he had to stay out for a while. But yeah, the the whole process and seeing Lily for the first time, I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, this darling, sweet little girl. So we were praying that she would not detox at all. They say that there is a chance that no drugs, if the mother has exposed the baby, will get past the um, the uterus the, or right? placenta, yeah, the bl- bl- and get placenta. into the baby. So we were hoping for that miracle, but within a couple hours, Lily started shaking, and they said, "No, she's detoxing. This is full on." They put her on a feeding tube, oxygen. She was on uh, what kind of medicine? I don't remember morphine. the morphine. She was on morphine. It was just, it was really tough to watch a baby start shaking. And if you've ever, maybe you adopted a child that was exposed, you know what that feels like. You just can't believe that somebody could expose a a sweet baby to drugs and that their body would be just convulsing. It's, It's really difficult. But you know, there's something that comes upon you. I think the Holy Spirit guides you and you have strength where you never thought you were able to. I really did not think that I was going to be able to handle it. And something happened and we just we were there we were not leaving yeah it was uh, the difference of seeing lily for the first few hours and then seeing her I, I, at one point i even thought there's no way she's not really maybe it's just something else it's a different reaction because i did not i wanted to believe the best i wanted to believe that she's not going to have to detox so in the meantime as we're trying to care for the baby and they put her on the feeding tube they told us that now that she's on a feeding tube, she's probably going to be in the hospital for three to four months. She did have an older brother, and he stayed in the hospital for three to four months. So it was not very hopeful. One nurse, there's always that one nurse, came out and she said to me, if you hold the baby around the clock as much as you can, you'll change things. I tell that to all my mothers. Something about a baby being held and loved heals them faster. And she said, don't be afraid of a drug-exposed baby. I told you uh, earlier in the show we talked about, or in the last show we talked about, that we were at a children's hospital. Just it was a miracle that we were there. 64 babies they had in the NICU. So it was jam-packed. She said she sees a lot of babies that are detoxing, and only 1 out of 10 will have permanent Or long-term side effects, yeah. So she said, just love this baby, and we're going to get through this. And your baby is going to be okay. We really believe that all of us nurses are behind you. So meanwhile, while this is all happening, um, Stephen, the birth father, uh, comes up to me and says, hey, uh, the lawyer that we've been working with just called me and said, you know, um, we can find a new family for you and they can give you more money. Right, because we were going to fire. We had talked to him and said, hey, you didn't give her any medical help. We gave you money, and she's in this horrible circumstance where she had an emergency C-section. We could have prevented that if we would have used the money that we sent earlier for her. And it kind of all unraveled. We had to fire him. We could not use him. Stephen would not work with him. And now he's calling Stephen and saying, I will find a family that will give you more money. And we were thinking, what have we gotten involved with? Is this baby selling? Yeah, it felt like that. It definitely felt like that, or extortion. I mean, the, the attorney basically said... Okay, fine. You're not going to use me anymore. I'll go find somebody else. But at that point, Stephen's loyalty was to us. We did hire another lawyer. We were flying him in from Jacksonville. And we were just focused on Carrie Ann, the birth mom, making it out. Was she going to live? Was she okay? She did wake up. And as soon as she woke up, she was asking for street drugs immediately. 
Yeah. And even prescriptions from the doctor at first, because she was like, I, I need it. I need it. I have to go on this again. I can't survive without it. So at that point, we knew that they would lose the baby to foster care. They knew they were going to lose the baby to foster care. And really, Stephen was feeling pretty confident that Carrie Ann was going to make it through, that we were going to be the parents for Lily. And so we just were together every day for two weeks, which was very interesting. I remember really in the story, the time that I was changed the most was when Carrie Ann had gotten strength to get out of bed. She came in to see the baby. She was holding baby Lily, and she didn't know how to hold a baby. This, this is her ninth ninth baby. And they were like, hold her head. Make sure you hold her head. And I was just looking at her feeling shocked and upset because she had put drugs into the, this baby. And she looked at me, and she must have caught out of her the side of her eye that I was looking at her like that. And she said... April, don't hate me. I hate me enough. And at that moment, I realized that this woman and these women who are in this circumstance where they have to give up a baby, it's rough. I mean, my heart just broke into a million pieces and I changed my mind about birth moms at that moment. And what a beautiful thing they, they give up. And it's a lot of times through complete brokenness. And so it changed me at that moment. I, I realized I want to know more about them. I want to, since we're all in the hospital together, we want to reach out to them. We want to know their full stories. We want to sit down with them. You know what? They started calling their friends. All of their friends started coming to the hospital. All of their drug-using friends hanging out with us. Finally, AJ could come in and see the baby, his baby sister. We had not signed paperwork at that time because no lawyer can sign paperwork when a birth mom is so sick. Right. And she had been all drugged up from all of the, the surgery. And and Stephen, I remember too, kind of what April was saying, similar for me with Stephen was learning to really love on him and to support him through. And at one point he even said, hey, no, I, I want to go to a store and I want to buy a Bible. So we actually ended up going and buying a Bible. He had all these incredible dreams about angels in the room watching over Lily and watching over um, Carrie Ann. It was just an incredible experience. So we were ready to sign the paperwork. Two weeks, we had all been together. And all of a sudden, Stephen can't do it. He freaks out. I can't sign the paperwork. I can't do this. And a miracle happened where one of his friends came in during the court hearing. So in Florida, you do a court hearing right in the hospital room. They hire a... A court recorder comes in with the attorney, and we're sitting there in a room. And then we have to have two witnesses. And he says, I have another witness. He's here. He's right. He's coming through the door. This guy comes through the door and says, Stephen, you can do this. We're going to do this together. Th these are the parents. And Carrie Ann, of course, was saying, Stephen, sign the paperwork. These are the parents. And together, everybody was, uh, it was a miracle, really changed him completely. And we all signed the paperwork and Lily became our daughter. They did the test and found out that she was not exposed to heroin. Praise God. So she only had methadone in her system which is a very hard drug for a baby to detox from, although long-term effects are not as bad, they say. So I did what the nurse told me to do. I held Lily for two straight weeks. Noah went back, flew back to Colorado with AJ, and in two weeks, she was released. 
Yeah, and I remember, so that guy that came in was like an angel, basically. Um, but the, the cool part about that story is he was also adopted himself, and he was just um, part of the whole story of adoption as well. So we finalized on Lily Hope after 90 days, and we were really excited. So excited. About detox, just really quick. I will say that it was a rough road a few for a few months. When we brought her home, she did cry. She didn't want to be close to the light. It was hard for her to uh, be held. If you've had a drug-exposed baby, you know that it's a, it's a road to helping them cope and heal. We swaddled her really tight, which helped with any sensory issues that she had. And really, within that year, she just became a healthy baby. She's almost three now. She's so smart. She talks all the time, and she's just a spunky little miss. If you want more information or help with drug exposure or have questions, you can go to our website at adoption-now.com and click on contact us. There's an email, uh, april at adoption-now.com or our phone number. Um, That's something we want to continue to be able to offer to you. So at this point, we have AJ and Lily. And when Lily was five months old, we get another call. Stay tuned. You're listening to Adoption Now. Julesburg is listening to the mighty 670 KLT. A great American once said, within the covers of the Bible are all the answers for all the problems men face. President Ronald Reagan. This is the mighty 670 KLT. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon, joined by my husband, Noah. Noah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you believe six babies in five years? No, it's crazy. So we have Lily now. She was our third one. Remember, we had AJ, Peter, Lily, but Peter's fell through. So if AJ and Lily, five months later, we get a call. The lawyer says, I have this birth mom. Her name is Casey. And she is not getting along with her adoptive parents. They all decided to go separate ways, but she still wants to choose adoption. I know you guys are looking for an African-American baby. Would you be interested in meeting her? So we buy tickets, we fly to Florida, and we meet Casey. Not that we were ready to adopt again or could even financially do it, but we felt that God had told us to meet her. She was a tough one, but she really liked Noah and AJ. And after we met with her, she asked if we would adopt her baby. I was pretty excited because the first with Lily, April and Carrie Ann had a real deep connection. And I was just excited that this birth mom really liked me. (laughs) Again, we called our agency and they were ready. On December 28th, the baby was born. She called us. And looking back, I wish we would have been there before she had the baby. If you have the opportunity to fly out before your birth mom has the baby, I would say do it because you want to be there on every step of the way. But it was really hard for us. We we had a five-month-old baby. So we buy these tickets. We go to the airport, check our bags, and really getting ready to jump onto the plane when she sends us a text message and says, um, the birth dad has come to the hospital and is basically forcing me to keep this baby. We're too late. Yeah, we were too late to be there to say anything, to stop anything. You know, it just happened. It was over. Our bags left and we did not. We went back home. 
And we were really sad about that baby because number one, I felt like that baby went home to a family that didn't really want her, a mom that wanted to give her up and then was forced to take her home. I felt sad because AJ kept asking us for a baby with his color hair. He loved his sister, Lily, but she's Colombian. And he was just saying, mom, I want a baby that looks like me. So we just knew that he was going to be disappointed, but we just kept moving forward. Yeah. So five months later, we hear of a 15 month old baby from the same lawyer, a little African-American boy. So we call the lawyer and he said the child was actually being adopted by the foster mom who had just taken him in for a few weeks. So a week later, he calls us and he says, actually, it didn't work out with that family. Um, he's available. And we were super excited. I called the foster mom who her and I became great friends. Her name is Simone. She also adopts children. And so we just have this great connection. We're still friends to this day. Um, and she has helped me through a lot of this entire story. So we fly out there and we go get Jax. Yep. And for the first few weeks, he was great. He, I think when we first got him, he was sick with <laughs> double pink eye, but just physical issues, um, nothing else. And we really enjoyed having him around. We had no real history, though. We didn't know the full story. We just knew that he was dropped off by his mom. She was a cocaine addict, and she was into prostitution. Yeah, but we had no idea the trauma or the neglect that he had gone through up until about six weeks uh, that he was with us. And then he started to show signs of what we later found out to be reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. We were struggling so much as a family. This little guy was not handling being in a family with a nine-month-old and a three-year-old. And they were really excited. AJ was so excited to have a brother, but Jax was super aggressive to him. He was aggressive to the baby, but mostly he was angry with me. Yeah, and that's something that I think is common with RAD, where it tends to be much more focused on the mom than the dad. I remember coming home from work and seeing little glimpses of things that April would tell me about during the day, but it was nothing in con in comparison to what she was experiencing on a day-by-day -day basis. It was really hard. We called our friends who are actually going to be on the next show. They have great experience in foster care and adoption, and we asked them, what should we do? I mean, our whole lives are turned upside down. And she said, you know, in foster care and foster to adopt, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And she was very compassionate to me and, and just really said, hey, I think you should get some therapy. So we went to go see a therapist who was also a social worker for Colorado, told her the situation. And she said, there's no way this is going to work. Which is not what we were going there expecting to hear. We were thinking she'll kind of give us, you know, the step-by-step -step tools to help this little boy, Jax, recover. She really just said it's a competing family for him. He has a nine-month-old sister, and he has a three-year-old brother. And it is causing more trauma to him and probably causing more trauma to the kids. And we're like, no, wait, this is not the answer. We need tools. And she said, I, I just don't think I can help you. So we went back and thought, wait a second. Our world started spinning even more. We, we wanted to adopt this little boy. We wanted this to be our son. How can we make this work? Yeah, so we do a national search looking at uh, who we can use or any, anybody to help us. We even called the RAD clinic here in Evergreen. Um, and we ended up finding a therapist in California who's nationally renowned for all of his research and the therapy that he does. And it was funny. I think we thought he was going to do therapy for Jax. 
And he ended up flying in from California and did a ton of work with us. Right before he came out, we had taken the kids, all of them, to the pediatrician. And he's been our pediatrician since AJ. So we've known him now at that point for about three and a half years. And he just said, April, I never say this to people. He's like, I just don't think this is going to work. AJ is going backwards and he's becoming more introverted and he seems so scared and sad. Lily is not developing as she was on the path. And we think that she's going to have to be at Children's Hospital. I mean, she's kind of going backwards. And he's like, I don't know how this is going to work for you. So we bring out Dr. B, who's amazing. And if you have any issues with reactive attachment disorder, we highly, highly recommend him. Even if you don't. You just, I know. He's a great therapist. He's just so loving. And he came into our home and he helped us. And he said, yeah, yeah, Jax has this and he has it bad. And he said, in fact, he's acting out in a way that's so survival that if he was older, he'd probably grab a knife and stab you because that would be how he would react as an older child. But now he's not thinking about knives, but he's doing things in a way that's so unhealthy and, and trying really to make you crazy. Like he's trying to do that. He's trying to push love away and he's going to torture the other siblings because he's jealous. But I'm going to give you some tools and we are going to hope that this turns around. So he gives April and I a lot of great advice. And I think the hardest part with the advice was it basically meant we would have to separate. So April and I could focus 100% on Jax, but then AJ and Lily got no attention. And it well, was we just, even had to send them away. Yeah, they would yeah. go away. We'd work with Jax all day. It would be amazing. He would be so happy. The kids would come home and Jax would go backwards. The kids would be sad. I mean, it was just, we were divided in so many levels. This was AJ, the life of the party. Um, in just complete distress. Lily, who we had already fought for so much with um, just the detox, and now we're worried about her going backwards again. It, it was just a really, really difficult time. We had church prayer meetings. We had prayer team leaders come to our house and pray. I mean, we just tried everything. And when we finally talked to our agency, they said, we cannot with a clear conscience finalize on Jax because we have placed AJ and Lily in your hands and we finalize on those two. We have to look at those two children and we don't think this is healthy for them. This little boy needs to be in a home where there's no other children or the children are older and the parents can commit to them fully. And we know you guys want to do it. We know that you have the heart, but you don't have the time right now. You have little babies. And so if you want to do this, you're going to have to hire someone else. And we were running out of money at that point. I mean, we couldn't even think about going to another agency. So we called our lawyer and told him the situation. It was really one of the, mo the worst moments of our lives, having to basically say, you know, we can't do this. Um, so we go to the lawyer and he says, let's see if there's another family who has no children or older children that want to adopt an older baby. And sure enough, there's a family who had a failed adoption from Ethiopia with a little boy who responded a doctor and his wife with two older children. So they fly to meet Jax here in Colorado. Which was a life-changing day for us. We take Jax to meet this family. And I remember the words of Stephen, Lily's birth dad, when we were signing the paperwork for Lily. He said, this is the happiest day for you, but the saddest day for me. And that's how we felt. We were on the other side this time and they were so filled with joy when they saw this little boy and we were so 
grieved and it worked for them. He was meant to be with them. A year later, she committed everything. The mom, they finalized on Jax. The mom committed everything to him and he finally attached to her. It was a miracle for him. I mean, a great life for him. For us, it was very, very difficult. She called me a year later and she said, we just want to thank you for all that you went through, going to Florida, bringing home this little boy and letting us adopt him and giving us a son. You changed our lives and we're so thankful for you. Yeah, there were some really difficult days after he left, but thankfully the kids started to move forward. AJ became himself again. Lily started to develop. And in some weird way, we knew that God was in it. Um, I, I really struggled though. It was, it was a tough time for us. We felt like we failed and, and there were mixed emotions on all sides of the family. And it was a big loss, but a miracle happened on Thanksgiving, 2014. We got a call from Casey and she said, I'm pregnant again. And this time, this is your baby. This is the same Casey that just a year ago, we had basically gotten ready to go on the plane and last minute turned around. We didn't trust her at first, but she did (laughs) all of her paperwork. She did all of the birth dad's paperwork. So he could not come to the hospital. In March, she called me and she said, come out here. I'm going to have a baby. AJ and I flew out together and she went into labor. Noah flew out with Lily. It was an amazing time. We were at the hospital and when she gave birth, the nurse wrapped the baby up and went to hand her the baby. And she said, I'm not the mom. That's the mom. And the nurse handed me the baby. And it was the most overwhelming feeling. I was so happy. I felt all this peace and joy. And what a gift that birth mother gave me. I was the first one to hold her. It really was incredible. We talk a lot about these birth moms and it was just awesome to see what she had done. So we actually named this little baby girl Olivia, which means olive branch. And it's a sign of peace. And we love the story because after the storm, God sent Noah an olive branch. Which, like I said, I was struggling so much. It was such an answer to prayer for me because it just brought peace back into my life again. Olivia Joy was finalized in 2015. Six babies in five years. We were so exhausted. We learned so much. We were so happy. And we want to be a part of your journey. Yeah, and we really want to help you. So you can always visit our website at adoption-now.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Adoption Now. Um, You can also contact us through the website via email or phone. We would love to have your story on the show, so please contact us. Thank you for listening today to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.